welcome to the first episode of Medical Mindfulness, where we break down popular health topics, unusual stories, and medical breakthroughs. I'm Anushka. These are my co-hosts, uh, Nitya and Ethan. Today, the topic we're covering is lead poisoning, which um, most people know from the Flint water crisis from 2014 to 2019. So yeah, let's jump right in. All right, so thank you, Anushka. Lead is a chemical element, as many of you guys might know, and it's really found everywhere in the environment, um, but definitely in excess quantities, and um, especially like during the Flint water crisis, like Anushka mentioned, like in drinking water. And when it's found in excess quantities, it can be toxic. Yeah, um, so where is lead most found? Like, um, I mean, in like modern day, you know, not like nature, but like in modern day. I think some common sources of lead definitely include fossil fuels. Um, and for instance, like a lot of leaded gasolines or like lead, lead based um, paints in homes, um, especially previously, could be really dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> so an interesting fact, actually. So, uh, you know, soldering? I don't know if you guys engineer, but like um, soldering is when you uh, like kind of weld two pieces of metal together. You do it a lot in like um, robotics and stuff. But generally, there are like two types of soldering um, lead solders and lead free solders. And these aren't illegal, these aren't banned for environmental purposes. But like, um, yeah, most because now I think lead. Uh, Leaded gasolines are actually banned. Um, they're like illegal to use. Um, lead SARS are actually like the one, like a leading cause of uh, lead poisoning in the US right now. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning that it's it's not completely banned there. Um, they started really like phase, starting to phase it out in 2019, but actually phasing out the lead pipes is um, according to uh, you know, uh, the EPA going to take another 20 to 30 years and whether that could be sped up is, you know, up to a debate, but like, they're not completely banned yet. They're definitely still around. Definitely. And I think like a lot of the excess of lead comes from that um, accumulation of lead in the atmosphere, especially starting with the industrial era. Yeah. Lead does not break down. Like um, you will, you might talk about how you have, um, different greenhouse gases and like the air, like methane, um, stuff like that. Those break down, those are all organic, right? But lead and things like mercury, heavy metals, they just stay around. They're like, it's so annoying. But um, yeah, those will like accumulate in your body as you ingest them and do some really nasty stuff to you. Exactly, yeah, like it can definitely, lead poisoning can definitely take from either days to years there isn't like any set determined timeline to know. There's no safe amount of it either. Even like small amounts of lead can um, really build up over time or affect you in small short-term ways as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, lead, I've heard that you can, um, a lot of why children have lead poisoning or like why it's very common in children is that Lead is very sweet, right? It tastes sweet. Um, 
actually <laughs> another funny fact um the romans and the greek uh in ancient times right um they had a massive uh plumbing infrastructure in their cities right but they found out that if they cooked with lead lined pots it would the, it would make the food taste better because it is sweeter you know and that's i think the first or one of the earliest recorded cases of lead poisoning is just in like um ancient mediterranean places where they would use lead lined um cooking ware to cook with right and to make yeah. their food taste better i guess yeah definitely and branching off of that i'm not quite sure if this is also for the same reason of making food taste better but it's really common to have like uh, ceramic cutlery or like terracotta clay like dishes um, or drinking glasses, which is another like large cause of lead poisoning. Why terracotta? Like, is that is it like lead inside the clay? Or I think so, because um, oftentimes like lead, there's a lot of um, amount of lead in soil. So I think because of the clay, there's a high amount. Would it, these be like older terracotta uh, glasses or do, are they still being produced? No, I'm assuming they've stopped being so much. Yeah, there should definitely be a ban on that. No. Yeah, also considering that, like, it's clay, it will, like, turn into dust and stuff, and it will, like, um, break down, right? It's, you can powder it. You got to you gotta expect, like, um, you're going to have respiratory issues because you're breathing that stuff in, you know? And, yeah, how would you even like fix that? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of this is like ir irreversible considering like how much time, like people don't even know, like if you're just eating from a plate every single day, like you're not gonna expect to have lead poisoning. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but lead is like cumulative, like it does build up over time and that's what makes it so dangerous because it doesn't break down. So even like stop at, like cutting off your sources of lead poisoning now can make like a huge, huge difference. It's not uh, reversible, but you can stop it in its tracks, which is the most a lot of people can do. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah um, and I also, yeah, go ahead. Going back to um, talking about the effects on children, I think one thing we have to consider is like not only how they would ingest the lead, but also how it would impact them. Like respiratory system, like you mentioned, but also nervous system for children because they're still maturing. So they're a lot more sensitive to lead than adults. Yeah. Um, heavy metals. I know that heavy metals are extremely dangerous to your nervous system, like mercury and lead, just because um, they will settle down in like the tissue of your brain and they, they will halt development there. So it's even worse in children because they're in the early stage of development, right? If they get damaged, uh, if like the nervous system gets damaged, so if, uh i think yeah lead so early you know yeah. yeah lead binds this protein i think it's i'm not sure what the long form is but it's alad and um especially in children again it can often cause them to be really inattentive like irritable or slow at learning because of lead binding to them at really early ages during their developmental stages yeah um another way like like um if this is a more recent development, I, be I believe it was a more recent study, but it also like slows down this uh, brain-derived neuro 
neurotropic factor, uh, BDNF. And uh, what that does is it creates new synapses in the hippocampus. Uh, so that's so the hippocampus is where uh, memory and learning takes place for the most part. And that can be slow. And so this, um, this BDNF, it's a signal that can get slowed down because of lead. So it can impede like memory and learning. Definitely, yeah. And um, we're talking about that in children. So how do we think this affects a lot of pregnant women who are still childbearing? Oh, lead can, lead can pass through the placental barrier, right? So actually, yeah, um, there's this case up in Vermont. Uh, I read some article about it, but there was this, um, it was this mother and she was exposed to lead very early on, right? Uh, when she was like four or five. And before, I want to say 1975, um, 1978, sorry, uh, lead line paint was, was still used, you know. And as we said, lead is very sweet. And so children will like, like to pick off the paint and eat it because it's so sweet. Um, because, I mean, they don't know any better. I mean, <laughs> you'll, you'll suck anything, you'll suck anything in your mouth, you know. Um, but um, there was that and um, like her father did a lot of construction, right? So you have all that lead line paint. And then when you break down a wall or anything that gets in the air, it gets worse because it's in the air, right? It's in the dust. And um, when she became a mother, her child also had lead poisoning with her because I mean, it passes through your body into the placental barrier and it gets passed onto the fetus. And, Definitely. Not only or, lead poisoning is passed down, but I think I've heard a lot of stories of like birth defects, like miscarriages, stillbirths, um, other birth defects such as like high blood pressure and low weights during deliveries because of lead poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, same thing in like Baltimore. I mean, there's a lot of places um, where you have older houses, you know. Um, I live in a place where it's like, it was, it's pretty recent, it's a pretty recent development because of urban sprawl coming away from the city, you know. Um, but where I live, the houses are pretty new, but there are a lot of places in the world where, or in the US even, um, it's just very old houses, right? There are old houses where from like the market revolution where they're kicking out houses as fast as they can, right? With no regard to quality. And you just have huge cases, um, massive amounts of cases of lead poisoning because of all the paint, all the gasoline. Um, it, re it really is a disease that affects um, people in like lower socioeconomic statuses where like, you know, yeah, definitely. The cost barrier to just replacing all of this is just something that really like divides um, pe people around the issue of lead poisoning. And it's once again, that kind of 1978 barrier. And like, I live in, I live in houses that uh, were built in 1960, but because I can kind of go through and uh, because, you know, um, I'm wealthy enough to replace um, th these pipes or this uh, soldering um 
yeah, there's definitely a socioeconomic barrier there. A lot of cities though, they, uh, I have a list here. I think it's, uh, this is not obviously not a full list, but like Denver, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, DC. If you reach out to like your local building, um, uh, organization, they actually do help shoulder the costs of replacing these lead pipes, even if it's in your like your private residence. That's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a problem that really the government, state or federal, they really should help carry the burden of it because mm -hmm. it's it's a public health hazard, you know. So. Definitely. Yeah, we have like we have regulations, but they like clearly don't encompass. All the problems and all of the necessarily the groups or the economic socioeconomic groups that are dealing with these problems actively yeah especially with legislation like how like how legislation usually works is that you set a, a time barrier for when you want everything gone but like i was looking through some stuff and i couldn't find an exact year for when they said that they were going to like that all lead pipes are going to be gone like they never like put like an exact day for like this is when um the problem of lead lead poisoning especially in pipes or in plumbing in the federal system is going to end um it's a it's still a very general barrier because the law because the lead and copper law the the one that um works around with this it it hasn't gotten overhauled a lot like you had an overhaul of it in 2019 and then you had the an overhaul uh, overhaul of it during the Clean Water Act, which was like 30 years before that. Yeah. I know the EPA passed the the Clean Air Act, I believe, that um, they put regulation on um, uh, leaded gas, gasoline, right? And that helped uh, a lot with um, decirculating yes. leaded gasoline right and putting more regulation on that but i mean there are still so many other sources of lead right in the world um even like common day use like um yeah so mm -hmm. it's a challenge you know definitely regulations are something that are clearly taking a long time to get put into use um but what are some other methods that we can use to prevent and like other active measures we can take well, I think that goes back to the question of what sources of lead there are, you know, you have um, like lots of different paints. Um, my dad's an artist, so we know a lot about how there, there's lead in paints, um, certain types of paints. And what you can do is you can just get brands that don't use lead in them. Um, there are different brands that will not include lead, you know, so looking for those is always a good place to start. Definitely, like lead is found in the environment, like we mentioned. So, for example, like washing your hands and toys, um, cleaning dust, like removing shoes even before entering the house can prevent like soil or lead from entering your household. I think we can definitely like talk about um, the prevention for drinking water. Um, as we were mentioning, it's one of the biggest causes and was one of the biggest causes during the Flint um, water crisis. Mm -hmm. But I think lead in water, that's a much harder thing to do. You could um, 
try different types of purification methods, right? Rather than replacing your pipes, a cheaper, a much cheaper option would be to uh, invest in like purification um, methods, even like, I think boiling water would help, right? So, yeah, that would help. Yeah, boiling your own water, um, because it is a heavy metal, right? You'll, yeah. you'll get rid you could, of all of that. You could probably also like, lead filters do exist. Um, they're definitely like in widespread use, but you're gonna have to do like some research to figure out what the best lead filter is for you because um, there's filters for your general water tank, which would affect drinking water and uh, you know your uh, bathing water and other water use. And then there's filters just for drinking water. So purification really depends on like where you need it for. Definitely, uh, we have a couple of main methods of like purification that the CDC recommends at least removing lead. We have like reverse osmosis and we have distillation. So our reverse osmosis is um, essentially where water just goes through a series of filters to remove lead. Whereas distillation is a little bit, it's harder for households. It's usually not used as much as reverse osmosis. It's where like a se series of like heat and energy is applied to um, water to try to remove lead and other like unhealthy toxic chemicals. Oh, so it's basically just like boiling your water. Yeah, essentially, but like a much larger scale of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but uh, reverse osmosis, like, it also depends on like the scale of reverse osmosis, because obviously there are, there's only so many filters you can fit in like a small plant in your home. But there's a lot of like um, reverse osmosis plants out there. They're coming up more now that people are becoming more accepting towards recycling water. Um, and uh, bigger plants obviously can get your water to like higher standards of drinking water and that includes getting rid of lead. So uh, supporting those popping up around your community could all, is also like a big, a big help towards, you know, getting rid of that lead in your water pipes and your what's flowing around in your uh, water system. I don't know if this is for public use, but I do remember going to um, a water treatment plant for a field trip with my uh, uh, AP environmental yeah. science class right? yeah. and um, they added this chemical fixative that binds to lead and other um, heavy metals in the water and you can it helps filter that out but I don't I honestly don't know if um, there's the same thing for public use there but, is the same thing for public use I think I don't know if it's like uh, because I, I've, I've also been to like a similar plan um, pretty recently, I think, <laughs> probably like a year ago. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, COVID, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, two then, years. Like, last a lot year. of times um, yeah. they separate into drinking water as well. So I think a part of it generally used for public use as well. Yeah. And I think we have like examples of those water filter pictures. We've attached them in the, our description. So if you guys need a little bit of help with that, you can check that out as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, oh, going to COVID um, and more recent times, right? With like, you have COVID where you're staying in all the time. And then you also have rising temperatures because of global warming, climate change, right? Um, I mean, that probably is changing some aspects of like poisoning, right? Either like increasing rates or like increasing the risk of getting it. Um, yeah, definitely. I think for a lot of children, they usually get at least yearly lead screenings done. 
and because of COVID, they haven't been able to get these done and they've been staying in home more. So there've been a lot of studies being released and people are working on it considering how new the topic this is. Um, but people are expecting there for there to be more cases and problems related to lead poisoning, especially for children. Yeah, it's also because, because you know, you, you, it's not, you usually don't want to like interact with other people during this time. More people have been engaged in like, sort of like DIY home renovation, which, you know, if you don't have the proper equipment for, you can get exposed to lead built into the infrastructure of your home. So that's another, you know, a risk with COVID. I just remember something. Have you guys ever like had um, outdoor water fountain water and it's like really warm and it's yeah. really sweet? Like you find that like warmer water is sometimes sweeter depending on like where you get it from. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. But I've, I don't know if this is true or not, but I just heard somewhere that like it's because when water gets warmer, it increases the capacity to like dissolve things in it, including lead, right? So you have that floating around in your water and that's why it's sweeter. But I don't know that's- You do definitely just, have good memories rushing in. No. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, yeah, when we're go going back to the pandemic, we can also like take into account the same things we were talking about earlier. Like in older homes, lead-based paints, people used to go out for work every single day. We don't know if that's, you know, as common anymore people are staying home more um yeah i think there's a lot more circulation of lead now or it's not something that's easily like measurable because of um we don't know the timeline we don't know the scale it kind of just depends on each person or how much lead they've been exposed to so it's definitely something that's a work in progress right now and i think as um lead poisoning becomes a more acceptable uh um, factor in life, right? Because I mean, right now, it's people are kind of skeptical. Skeptic, you know. You got it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, people are still kind of iffy about whether it's actually playing a role in certain things. I mean, um, up to like thirty years ago, lead poisoning and like changes to mental health because of lead poisoning wasn't acceptable as like court evidence for like criminal cases. But now it's becoming a lot more acceptable. It's becoming, um, it's lead poisoning. Um, the the change that it does to your body, right? It's becoming a lot more acceptable to say, hey, that person, their brain's broken, basically. Their development stopped, right? And they're not thinking properly. So how can you keep them, help hold them responsible for an action that they didn't know they were taking? that's becoming a lot more acceptable in courts and um, death penalty cases, you know? So, I mean, as that gets more widely accepted, um, services should also open up for like monitoring the amount of lead in um, public works and like houses and stuff like that. So to minimize um, exposure. Yeah, this is, this is everywhere. Like, uh, with things like um, the Flint water crisis, if you live in different parts of the country, you're going to see this and you're going to like, you'll feel sympathy, of course, but you also feel a bit distant from the problem. Like this is somewhere else's problem, but this is a widespread problem. We just saw it like in like a spotlight for the first time in Flint, but this, uh, but lead poisoning can happen anywhere uh, to anyone. 
Yeah, agree. Exactly. So like feeling symptoms, like um, if we sum this up, if we feel symptoms like abdominal pain, irritability, like nausea, and even like neurological changes, which can include like headaches or short attention spans and attentiveness, like we talked about, it would definitely be good to see a doctor and like a lead screening wouldn't exactly hurt. Um, yeah, and if you know you've ingested unhealthy amounts of lead in your blood level, we also have the poison control center number um, attached in the description as well. Mm -hmm. I yeah, think, and, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, if someone does have, um, if someone you, you know, like is consistently showing these symptoms or if they're having like emergency systems like muscle weakness, stumbling, seizures, uh, uh, confusion, uh, then you then if you are gonna call poison control, then you're gonna like wanna have their age, their weight, and if you can, the source of the poisoning, how much they swallowed and what time it occurred. Like that usually helps a lot for people who um, have to go to like emergency treatment for lead poisoning. So if you can have that information on hand when you call poison control or your local medical center, then that's uh, usually very helpful and can help the person. And really, lead screening tests, they're not mandatory, but they're recommended for most or all children, right? Seeing a physician and really they're quite inexpensive. It, a lifetime um, of pain and neurological problems really doesn't outweigh like <laughs> the minuscule cost of a lead, a lead poisoning screening test, you know? so. It doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and beyond uh, the uh, learning difficulties, it can, uh, like lesser known systems, uh, symptoms are like growth delays and then like hearing problems. Like this is not a lead symptom that's usually talked about, but hearing problems can definitely occur due to it. And it's a pretty, it's pretty common with, with children who are afflicted with um, lead poisoning. All right, guys, um, that, thank you so much for listening. Um, check out our link tree in the description. We have the poison control numbers, uh, the examples of like water um, filter pictures and other resources in the description for more details. As well, stay tuned and subscribe or follow for another podcast in two weeks. Also, if you have any questions, you can feel free to chat with us through our website or send us an email. Everything, once again, is linked in our description. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again. See you. See you.